Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Well, good morning. My name is Chrislyn. I am one of the pastors here, and I want to take a moment and celebrate something that we have been working towards for the last two years. Um, as you came in to worship or to church today, you probably saw a big bus over in this corner area. I hope that you took a chance to go in and look around. This is our MOVE bus. They're calling it MOVE. Um, or MOBI is another one that I've heard going around. MOVE stands for Mobile Outreach Vehicle for Engagement. Um, it's going to be used in a multitude of ways, and it's going to give us so many opportunities that we have not yet had. Um, it's going to be able to help us with disaster relief, uh, with feeding people, with um, giving haircuts. Somebody donated a chair for somebody to sit in to receive a haircut, um, eye exams, all sorts of things that are available through this ministry. Um, and there are a group of lay people who have put this entire thing together. Um, none of the staff has really been involved. It has been completely lay-led. And so I am grateful um, to those lay leaders as they have worked for the last two years uh, to put this together. So I hope that you will take the chance, if you, not, if you have not yet done it, and go and look at this bus. See what we can do um, and what it's going to help us do in the future. So I hope you will take a look at that. As you have heard this morning, today is the first Sunday of Advent. For those of us who might be unfamiliar with Advent, um, it's, the first, it's the four Sundays prior to Christmas, which this year will end on Christmas Eve. It is a time where we prepare for and anticipate the coming of the Christ child each week as we light our Advent candles, as we did this morning, we will hear from the prophets as we hear about the longing of the Jews for a Messiah and ultimately our own longing for and need of forgiveness, salvation, and a new beginning. While Advent is a practice of waiting and preparing for the retelling of the birth of Jesus, in a humble stable in Bethlehem, it also reminds us to look forward, anticipating the second coming of Christ as the fulfillment of all that was promised. So, 
Would you join me for our scripture reading this morning found in Mark 13, verses 24 through 37. But in those days, after the suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on his watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Loving and holy God, we thank you. We are here this day. May you speak a word to us, challenge us, inspire us. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Amen. When I was in late elementary school and early middle school, my family lived in a condo on 681 Long Hunter Court. I was just as surprised that I remembered that as you are, I'm sure. It was in Antioch, and it was a great little condo. It had everything our family needed, including a basement, which I remember vividly using when the tornado of 1998 came through Nashville. We had a great place to play in the backyard and a pool in walking distance. The thing I remember most about this house, though, was how close it was to the Nashville International Airport. Frankly, we were so close that whenever a plane flew over our house or backyard when we were playing, it felt as though it might land on our home. But it always flew over. You could even see the landing equipment start to come down as it was ready to touch down after its long flights. At first, when we moved in, I had the hardest time falling asleep because there were planes going over our house seemingly every minute. But after a couple weeks, I began to notice that they didn't bother me anymore. I began to miss it. 
In fact, they began to become a lullaby that would lull me into sleep almost every night. And to this day, when I hear airplanes, it kind of puts me to sleep a little bit. Throughout most of my life, I have lived in places where there were lots of sounds and noises. Apartments with dogs barking or people walking overhead that I could hear. A loft near a hospital where sirens blared throughout the night. Places usually in the middle of town, because I like to be in the middle of the chaos, allowing me to continue to have that lullaby that would lull me into sleep each night. In fact, it wasn't until I moved um, and got married to Nick and moved into his home in Walter Hill off the main roads that I learned just how much I relied on the noise to help me sleep. I think at times we approach Advent much like I approach the sound of a plane overhead not even seeing it or hearing it anymore. We've gotten used to Advent coming and going each and every year. To the chaos of December, school ending, people coming and going, wonderful but endless parties, shopping to be done, movies to watch, which you know I've been watching since November 1st, people to see. It can seem as though we sleep through Advent, not even realizing that we aren't awake. I believe this morning our scripture speaks to that presence. Most often when I have read this text from Mark, I find myself simply thinking about the fact that it is apocalyptic by nature. Meaning that it speaks to what we might understand as the end of the world, or what happens when Jesus returns. And like most apocalyptic texts, it is very vague. The only thing that it really gives us is when Jesus will, in fact, return. And that being, we don't know. As many of you may know, the understanding of the early Christians who were receiving this word And the disciples was that Jesus would return in their lifetime. That was their thinking, that it wasn't going to be long. It was urgent. They had to do this now. I don't think they thought that we would still be waiting a couple thousand years later. Yet here we are, waiting. I think one of the pieces of Advent that always surprises me is in fact the waiting, the wait and see. We come expecting the Christ child to come as he comes every year because it's what we've always done. We come to Advent thinking that We will just come and receive these words and then go home and do our own thing separate from whatever it might look like. We talk about peace, love, joy, and hope. We do the Advent readings, 
We light the candles. We do the lessons and carols. We have a candlelight service. We serve. We go home. We spend time with our families. We celebrate. We do all these things, and then it's like we forget the miracle that we just experienced. We forget what the Christ child represents for us. We forget how this child came into the world and changed everything. And we forget to let this child change us. It's like we are asleep. In doing all of the things and saying all of the words and experiencing all of the expectation that hope brings us. And we find hope in these words today through a fig tree. Something that I don't know that we really think much about because I don't know about you, but I don't like figs. And I don't know many people who eat a lot of figs other than Fig Newtons, which are a bit different than figs, (laughs) believe it or not. But the fig tree was a symbol of abundance in the time that Jesus walked the earth. The fig tree was one that looked as though it could stand anything. And it could. It could be in very temperamental weather. It was very low maintenance. You only had to do so much to tend for and care for the fig tree. I'm fascinated by the fig tree because often when we read about the fig tree, it's usually the text that tells us that Jesus cursed the fig tree. But here, the fig tree is a sign of hope. The other piece that I find interesting about the fig tree is it's one of the last plants to bloom each year prior to summer. And what that says to me is that no matter where we've been, even if we haven't tended to our own relationships in our life, relationships with others, relationship with God, in the midst of this conversation of not knowing the time, the hour, It's that it's not too late. It's not too late to tend to that. Each year when we come to Advent, we see the love that has been given, the mercy that is shown, and the peace that is hopefully felt. But there are still moments when we miss Emmanuel, God with us. As we move through this Advent season, observing and hopefully keeping watch, remembering, knowing that God came to be with us once and that God will come to be with us again. Even in the midst of the darkness, the chaos, or when the world is in disarray, Oppression still exists, harm still hurts. Or even in the joy, the fear, the busyness, 
all of the things that this season brings. My prayer for you is that we may stop, that we may keep watch, expecting the miracle that will come in the Christ child, expecting God to show up. May we be awake and may we experience it. Would you pray with me? Loving and holy God, we thank you for what you have given to us this day. We thank you for the peace, the hope, the love, the joy. Amen.